welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Edward Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we are joined by Darcy Angaro from Angaro & Co and the NZ Everyday Investor Podcast. Now, I know one of the biggest things that people are worried about as property investors is how to get finance from the bank. In fact, when we've done surveys on our website and through our webinars, we know about 40% of you will say that your number one issue is how do you get money out of the bank? And that's why we've got Darcy on the show, because this is what he does every day uh, as a mortgage broker and financial advisor. So we're going to be talking about banking as of today, as of right now, and some of the stuff Darcy's seeing, both in terms of LVRs, interest rates, and bank conservatism as well. But just before we get into that, Darcy, why don't you just give us 60 seconds on Angaro & Co. and the NZ Everyday Investor podcast. So I'm an authorized financial advisor. I have a small firm based in Auckland here, and I primarily work with people developing everyday financial plans, effectively, to help them with their home buying, whether it's their own home or it's investment properties, help them with their insurance, help them with the KiwiSaver, but most importantly, kind of just be there as a bit of a concierge as, as they go through a bit of a transitionary phase in their life financially. And that's my day job. And then outside of that, I've got the NZ Everyday Investor, which I started about two years ago. I guess it's like the OG you know, podcast in this space, it seems, where yeah. we just cover things that are kind of not just property related, but you know, gold, Bitcoin, KiwiSaver, shares, indirect or direct, you name it. I'll, I'll, I'm open to it because it's all about exploring the edges of what is, uh, I guess, mainstream. It's, it's all around the edges. So hopefully in the middle of that, you, you get some context and you, you kind of come out of it enriched or, or better equipped to develop wealth in your own world. Yeah, and I just from my own personal experience uh, with uh, Darcy's podcast. So I came on a pod, uh, was invited onto Darcy's podcast about a year ago. Uh, it was uh, in part uh, inspiration for what we now do today under the Property Academy podcast. So thanks, thanks Darcy for that. And it yeah. is an amazing podcast. Uh, he he does some really juicy uh, podcasts which are longer than this, um, where they delve into the. Uh, different investment strategies other than property, which if you're investing in property, that's awesome. But it is important that you always diversify. It's important that you get information outside of what we give. So I'd highly recommend that one being a good property or a good investment uh, podcast to follow if you do enjoy podcasts. Fantastic. Well, let's get into the banking as of today. Now, Darcy, what are you seeing with banks when you're trying to get lending from them with the current applications you've got on the go? How, how, how are you finding the banks? Putting aside the all, all the, the business that we're still finalizing that happened before the lockdown, putting those ones aside and just, just talking specifically about new business that we're trying to get off the ground for people who are either buying their first home or they're buying their first investment property or they're upgrading their homes, it is, it's, it's difficult to be, to be blunt. And just because a lot of these regulations have been removed to make it easier for the banks to lend, it doesn't necessarily imply that the banks are keen to do that extra lending. They've, they have less restrictions, but they still have their internal guidelines that they're following very religiously. And, and in fact, applying a lot more conservatism, uh, conservatism to it. So for example, if you are em employed right now, they, they not only want to see confirmation of what your, your income is or has been, they want to make sure that you will be employed and that you will be employed full time and that you don't see any reasons why that income will change. So it's not enough, like say, for example, you're self-employed, it's not enough to show historically what you've earned. You now have to somehow give them confidence that your, your income is secure going forward as well. 
And Darcy, I've actually seen uh, from some banks that if the company, if your company or the company you're employed by has taken the grant from the government, they're looking at uh, they're, they're discounting your income because you've said that you're you're expecting a thirty percent drop for the month of March. So, uh, exactly. any, any comment on that? Yeah, exactly. So, and it's kind of common sense, right? Like if if you if you were the bank, if if you had the gold and you were making the rules, what would you do to you know? actually satisfy your own concerns that you were going to get this money back with interest. You'd, you'd mm. probably look at everything, right? Including, mm-hmm. you know, whether they've got the wage subsidy, because effectively you've just made a declaration that your income is reduced to somebody over here. Yeah. So it follows that somebody over there, the bank, actually will probably take that into consideration logically, right? And what if someone's been on a discounted salary uh, at the moment? Do you, do you, uh, are you saying that banks are using the discounted rate for servicing or are they treating it as if it was 100% once you get back to that? It's part of an overall story. So if they can see that you're going to be at 100% at time of settlement on any new, new purchase and, and they have some confidence around that and they look at your industry, by the way, and they look at the media to make sure that there's no uh, redundancies being announced, then... Yeah, then it's actually business as usual. It's it's only when your income is at 80% and there's no plans for it to increase or there's some uncertainty around that, then they'll naturally have uncertainty as well. So if you're a pilot and a flight attendant, you might not be getting a loan right now. Well, depending if, you know, yeah, that's right. And it depends, I guess, on, you know, are you with the military or are you you commercial, right? But yeah, you're, you're right. And in isolation, there's, there's all sorts of little nuances with people's particular circumstances, which means that it's not a hard and fast rule. But yeah, it's kind of just logic rules in this space. Fantastic. And in terms of the interest rates as well that you're seeing, Darcy, um, can you provide some comment about whether this is making it easier or harder for people to actually get lending? Again, it's it's not so much about how cheap the money is. It's it's the availability of credit that's the issue. And you know, 3.05 for a one-year rate, that's pretty common right now, for example. Whereas when you go to the bank and you're applying for a mortgage, they're going to be testing you at at least 7% and you know, a principal and interest term. And they're going to be assuming expenses that aren't necessarily there right now. So yeah, like the, the interest rates kind of cause more people to come to the door, but the door is still very, very rusty. Darcy, one question for me. Um, what are the delays like with banks? Because I assume that a lot of people held off doing deals during lockdown, uh, but now that we're easing out of that, I'm guessing that there's a lot of applications potentially coming in and being submitted to banks. Are banks taking quite a long time to assess loans and also maybe going through them with a uh, fine-tooth comb? And then conditions such as valuations, what are you finding those like for getting them done at yeah. the moment? Actually, that's a good question because we've, we've just had a case right now where it was actually surprisingly quick. So I'm surprised. And I think what the banks have done is they've partitioned their workforce to deal with, I guess, crisis management, you know, mortgage deferral requests and interest only requests and all that sort of stuff. And then their loan approval teams seem to actually have a bit of a lighter load because of decreased activity. And they seem to be churning through the applications that we're submitting a lot quicker. So, you know, we're seeing probably two day turnaround t- times again, which we haven't seen for a long time. And and yet they're, they're coming back and they do have some extra conditions like confirming that they don't believe there's going to be any material change to their employment. And if valuation reports are required, that has been a little bit tricky. It's, it's getting a bit trickier now. Sorry, it's getting a little bit easier now. Sorry. Um, where they are accepting valuation reports where the valuer effectively just does a drive-by, I believe, and they they do the report the best they can. So we've had one just like that recently. And 
from application to full approval. I think it took about five days and that included getting evaluation done. Wow, that's awesome. And so what what sort of time frame do you think is appropriate for people to have as a finance clause at the moment to make your job work? Good question. Yeah. So I'd say still you want to be conservative, right? Because you just need to allow for those unexpected hiccups. Like seven working days would be kind of what I would say would be the minimum. 10 working days would be kind of like best case, my wish list. That's that's what I always ask for. But you know, that that should be more than sufficient right now to kind of take into consideration a little curveball that might get thrown to you along the way. Great. You were pleased to know we're telling clients to do 20 working days at the moment. So oh, we're giving man. people like you heaps of uh, heaps oh, of extra time. You guys are a dream. Keep it up. <laughs> and I think what this is really indicative of is it reminds me of an article I read by uh, JB from, from Squirrel, who was talking about the centralization of bank policies, whereas previously a bank manager would, would be able to assess your application and, and be able to push it through. And there was a bit more of a relationship. But now uh, as, bank, as regulation increases and banks become more centralized, a lot of what the availability of credit is is based on formulas and head office assessors, making it harder to get that money out because you don't have somebody who can vouch for you. But hey, let's wrap it up there. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you're interested in learning more about property investment and actually investments of all types, then why not check out the NZ Everyday Investor podcast? I'll link to that in the show notes. So tap or swipe over that cover art. It'll take you right there. Or you can always search for it in wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. I'm Andrew Nichol. I'm Darcy Garrow. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.